Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie I love right now called Norman, The Moderate Rise and Tragic Fall of a New York Fixer. Uh, I know you're not going to know that subtitle, but you can call it Norman. 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 See, this guy that's here, he just keeps <laughs> wanting to promote. That's all he wants to do. Anyway, uh, yes, my guest Richard Gere has a small part in this film as Norman. And welcome, Richard. Hey, Peter. Good to see you. So you can set it up for us. You can tell him, tell me and well, the I'd rest of the world. I love that you love the movie. Obviously, you don't have people here when you don't love the movie. I so. don't. That's the great thing so about the show. I don't I, that's have why to I look have forward anybody. to seeing yeah. you. Uh, I, I don't know how to do this. Yes, you do. No, I don't, really. He's Norman He's, Oppenheim. There you go. There he is. <laughs> he is a fixer. He is... It's important he's that this character... He's a, yeah, we're, he's Jewish. We were trying to find a word that wasn't Yiddish or Jewish or something to describe this guy, because that's what he is. He's a macha. He's a macha. <laughs> but, but he's a fixer. And he's, he is a, um, a moderately unsuccessful fixer. He's a chaplain-esque kind of character that never quite gets in the door. And um, I don't know how much to give away, but he, he does something that gets him in the door. He does. He befriends a politician from Israel who becomes the prime, prime minister. minister, you know, which becomes a big deal for him. But he, he could be seen at the start of the movie as a Jewish stereotype. But he's not. That's the whole I thing I want to know. No, he from is you. and he isn't. I mean, it's. But you, it's, I look at you and I don't say I'm going to cast you as Norman. Oppenheim. No, when when this Joseph is, gave me the Joseph Cedars, the yes, writer director, yeah. and, and quite brilliant. And I, I don't know if you've seen oh, his other films. Oh, but no, it's one of my. It was a wonderful yeah, film. It's a good movie. And, and Joseph is a, is an Israeli. He he lives there. His family's there. It's that's still where he is, and he's very aware of thousands of years of Jewish history mm-hmm. and that's in this piece as well as everything else yeah. as well as Charlie Chaplin that's in this piece but when he, he sent me this script my first question was why me? Why me? I mean there are dozens of great New York Jewish actors who could do an amazing thing with this part. He said I don't want them. I said I want someone who is going to bring something else to it. What is that? Something? I mean, because I look at you and I'm saying, well, I wouldn't cast Richard. I wouldn't cast myself as Tevye, you know. Although no. you might <laughs> burst well, look, into yeah, song. Yeah, I could do that. it. But you say, well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to have to somehow find that that Norman Oppenheimer, two thousand years of Jewish history inside of me, somehow. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I think in some ways I did in this movie. But the, but he is a universal character. He is that part of all of us who, who wants to get in, who wants to be in the in-club. He wants to be part of power. He wants to, to be included. He, he's, not, he's not a dark character. He's not an Iago. No. He's, he's, I would say he's, he has a certain kind of intelligence to him. He's quick on his feet. He's quick with his mouth. Um, everything is a lie. A gradation of, of lie exaggeration. I can do for you, he's just saying. I know people. I have. I can introduce you. I yeah. can. But this is, I think you know people like this, and probably people in your. Everyone knows Norman somehow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you have an we uncle have that you're slightly embarrassed by. <laughs> 
you know, or there's a friend of a friend who's always hanging around and you don't really want to let them in and invite them to dinner and you sometimes you have to and you're kind of stuck with them and but they're lovable and you feel bad that you don't include them. Uh, that's normal. So you had it in Israel too. You just came we back. We just played. You just yeah. came. How did it go over there? How did well, it go over for you there? Well, I think they were kind of amazed also because yeah. it wasn't this is not the kind of part that you would expect me to play. Yeah. Not, not that I think any part that I've done is me, but this is pretty far away. No, well, we all have our own ideas. Which you definitely so. have your own idea, but <laughs> yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. Um, they love the movie, and they're very proud of the movie. And the Israeli actors in it are wonderful. Lior Ashkenazi, who plays the prime minister, is extraordinary in this. Um, I think a deep sense of pride about the film itself. Um, and uh, I was happy to be embraced for having, a, you know, an honorary Jew. I guess is what I am at this point. Well, you got to be that. Yeah. But while you were there, you were giving interviews about Israeli politics today. It's unavoidable. I mean, it's there. Uh, well, no, for, uh, you'll do this kind of thing, Richard. A lot of people won't. A lot of people don't want to step on any toes. You kind of say what it is you want to say. I want everyone to be redeemed. Everyone. I don't choose sides in these mm-hmm. things. I see human beings, and I see solutions instead of problems. Uh, the Middle East is something I've always been interested in. This was my fourth or fifth trip, and most of those trips, it's pretty immersive um, going on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, more complicated right now because of the boycott. Uh, there's a boycott against um, anyone coming from the outside who, who appears to be um, supporting or giving tacit support to government policies in Israel. You are a Tibetan Buddhist. No, had- You're a humanist, so you don't take sides in the sense of the settlements. And you've been to Israel, to the West Bank, to sure. do that. So when you see that, do you get angry when you see it, or do you get yeah, a concern? Yeah, of course I do. Is it more concerned than... Well, you can't... You, it'd be extremely difficult to actually go to the West Bank and see what the settlements are doing to Palestinians and not feel a natural empathy for the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Their land is being taken away. They're an occupied people. They're a gentle, kind, smart, amazing mm-hmm. people in themselves, in their own culture, and as human beings. They're no different. The occupation is destroying everyone. Everyone, on both sides. And you can state that, but what's the solution to it? We have, a new, we have a new president. You talk. Who isn't the solution? We sit down and talk. You sit and talk. You can't demonize anyone in the situation. Mm-hmm. The Dalai Lama, I always quote this, and it's true. He, he talked about this in terms of years and years ago when it was the Soviet Union and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Two world powers. He said, we know who the powers are here. It should be a rule, a law, that for two weeks a year, the leaders of both sides go to an island, cook for each other, with their families. Cook for each cook other. Cook for each other. Wash dishes together. You know, figure out how to do the laundry together. Talk about their families and, and realize that they have exactly the same concerns. And a sense of natural fair play and empathy will start to, to manifest. And I see the same situation here. Very few Israelis have ever met a Palestinian. I've ever met. 
and very few Palestinians have met an Israeli who wasn't a soldier or someone who was, yeah. or a settler who was going to, to hurt them in some way. But you are a movie star. You're not just an actor. You're an actor and a movie star. People know you everywhere you go in the world. You can't escape I that. I kind of got stuck with that, yeah. Yeah, it's just part yep. of the deal to do that. And some people will criticize you and say, well, why should we listen to you? Why you shouldn't. Should, who should they listen to? To themselves. Mm-hmm. But what if they don't have all the facts? Where do they get them from? Well, you don't get them from one place. Mm-hmm. That's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. We have a president a good who's getting it all from, from one, one place. place. <laughs> and that echo chamber is what makes everyone crazy. It makes their world very small. I mean, anything we do that makes our word world larger and more inclusive, it, it, that's essentially what... We're either inclusive or we're exclusive. If we're exclusive, meaning our, the idea of myself, my family, my group, my village, my mm-hmm. people, whatever. If, if you're in that head, you're headed for a very dark experience of the world. The inclusive side of that is that we're deeply interconnected. We're here on a very small planet. We have finite resources here. Uh, we don't want war. We don't want violence. The only way to get past that is to embrace each other. In inclusion, it's very clear what we have to do. And that's keeping our antenna up. It's listening, reading, talking, feeling. Which is a good philosophy, but I'm talking to you as an actor who's in this movie, Norman, in another movie coming out in May called The Dinner that Oren Moverman did. He Both. wrote and directed another one after that. I was just saying, there's three this year, which is, I don't know how I did this. I don't know but how you did it. Three crises coming but after if, that. But if you have a team behind you, they would be doing an intervention and saying, Richard, you could be doing Marvel movies. You could be doing comic book movies instead. Last time you were here, you did Time Out of Mind for Oren uh, uh, about the homeless. You're playing Norman, who does have a chaplain-esque quality, but is still somebody that wants to belong more than anything. When yeah, I, I mean that. It. I mean, getting back to the movie, this, this. Uh, sometimes you don't know what you're doing until you see the movie. You, you go in and you kind <laughs> well, of you, that doesn't work for you because you have to create the. Character. No, but you still don't. I mean, I, we worked. Joseph and I worked maybe eight or nine months. Mm-hmm. Oh, before. before we started shooting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he had a clear sense of what he wanted to do. I asked a lot of questions always which made him kind of thrown back on himself and had to, well, hmm. So we, and, and we did rewrites in that process and rethinking. And I entered the world of this movie and we shot the movie. And it was, you know, these are all independent movies. We shoot very quickly. Mm-hmm. This was under 30 days, I think it was. But the preparation, as you say, preparation is, is huge. Yeah. And, but it's about character. It's about storytelling. It's about filmmaking. It's not... It's not CGI work. It's, this, is, this is why people want to become actors and filmmakers, is to tell stories about people, about mm-hmm. themselves. And um, so anyhow, we, sometimes you don't know until you actually see a first cut kind of what you did in the real world. And it, there was a lot about Norman I didn't realize until I saw the movie. And it wasn't it was guesswork, because I was very specific. And within that also spontaneous because you have to be in a film but there was a I had always assumed with the kind of humiliations that that Norman has to experience that there's going to be a well of anger there with him 
and resentment. And there's none. That's what shocks me about none. seeing it. There's none. He may be lying. He's inventing a family. I, don't, I think he's inventing it. I never even see in this movie where he lives. He's wearing that camel hair coat. He lives. He's a turtle in his own shell. He carries his house with him. All of his stuff is there in the bag, in the, the machine, in the coat, in the layers of clothes, in the hat. The thing. It's, all, it's all there for him. And the only place you see him are kind of the places where he rests, you know, in the staples mm-hmm. or in the Starbucks coffee shop or, you know, or he wanders around a, uh, uh, a department store, Midtown, you know, because it's warm and comfortable. He can sit in a chair while he's talking mm-hmm. uh, on his phone. But the phone is his connector to the world and the earphones constantly and connecting and connecting. You see how Joseph came up with a filmmaker's solution of that, of a guy whose relationship is with the phone, but finding that wonderful way of melding different worlds into that frame Mm -hmm. that we almost communicated across time and space within the same frame. So you have a, a master plan for what you're doing with your career now? No, not at all. Not Never at all. Did. It's just the project. You'll look at it and say, I want to do this. Because you could be doing these gigantic movies if you want. You are Richard I Gere. I don't movie know. Star. I mean, you I don't could. know if I'm all for could. that stuff. I don't oh, know. Oh, come on. It, I can set you up. I know somebody. Do you know somebody? <laughs> yeah, this is it. You know, the, the irony is that I'm still making the kind of films that I did when I started. Smaller character-driven pieces with, with terrific directors uh, with no uh, high expectation there would be commercial, blockbustery. Mm-hmm. Some of them did, but it wasn't by well, they, design. Well, you have a pretty woman or you have a Those movie. Those were that small movies. Speaking, yeah. Tiny movies. Mm-hmm. No one expected they would become something. Thank God they did because I can keep working once in a while <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> Is that still but, necessary? But you have still, to have those. Yeah, yeah, I think on some level. I mean, the fact that these independent films, the, like, f- I don't know, five or six films that I've just made, were all independent mm-hmm. films, because the studio doesn't make them anymore. Independent films, no one gets paid. I can obviously help get these things financed mm-hmm. internationally. Uh, small, difficult projects. But if... if I'm asked these kind of questions a lot, so I think about it. They are the same kind of movies that I've been making since I was 26, 27 years old. It's just that we make them a different way, and we have probably half the number of days to shoot them now than we did 30, mm-hmm. 40 years ago. Do you look back at your work? Do you watch it? I don't watch the Nothing. things at all, no. So you don't have, like, three or four of those movies that you, are, you feel you learned the most from doing? Is it all the same? It's like an experience each time that you go. It's none of that is obvious. Yeah. You know, I can. Say, the only th- when people ask me these kind of questions, the only one I can say is that Chicago was the most fun, mm-hmm. and it was just a pure delight of performing. What intoxicated all of us, saturated all of us, the pure fun of of doing it. Singing and dancing. Singing, dancing, the, the boot camp of six, eight weeks of, you know, before the performance. I mean, it really was a Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland experience. Well, it of, comes across in the movie. When you're there's watching. a great joy to it and spontaneity to it. And it was very choreographed. I mean, we, we knew what we were doing. But we, uh, Rob Marshall is 
such a, a genuine and optimistic and happy person that that it informed all of us on, on what we did every day when we showed up. Well, you started with that, right? We did Grease. I did the first. I did like three or four musicals in New York right away. I, I had long hair. Was rock operas were happening then? I could play instruments and sing and dance. So look at that. From that to Norman. Norman's another kind of dancing and singing. All right. So to, to end this, <laughs> I want to ask you about you and what you do uh, when you're not being you. You know, what do you do? Do you jump out of planes? Do you, uh, what, what's the thing you do when you're I, not working or no, being I, a citizen I, I of the live, world? I live a very quiet life. So hard to believe. Completely Everyone quiet. wants to know who you're dating. I and, live a completely boring Life in the woods. Nobody. I does. walk in the woods. I play the guitar. <laughs> I play the piano. I walk my dog. I feed the cats. I blah blah. It's normal. You have cats. Get my it's kids a to school. Like blah 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 blah. It's a very normal life. The, Sorry. The, I'm really. Come on. Sorry. Okay. You can you can make up for that for me in song. Uh, we started this this way. Yeah, well, you well, didn't gonna, hear it, but gonna, I heard it. Well, you, I'm going to be turning this you around. You did play Bob Dylan? No, no, no. no. Oh, yeah. We're, okay, we're I'll do turn it. this around. Because we only have time for one song. And I'm, no, we I'm have not time feeling, for two. No, we don't. Yes, we don't. No, we don't. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. There's this always too time early for morning. two We're taping songs. this at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> and my voice, I haven't had the two hours of warm-up Let's do yet. some grease. So How about Razzle Dazzle? Peter is now going to give us the song that he sings in the shower when he gets up in the morning. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I will only do this if you finish it or do another line from it. Well, it depends on the song. Maybe I don't I'll know. I'll do it. Bob Dylan because you did play him, you know? And there's a song that, t- there's a line from one of his songs that's so appropriate for the times we live in. It's not just the Trump world, but it's the world that we live in. And he says, um, you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Costa. Yeah, there's a whole group here. Cause the, the times they are a changing. There are eighty thousand people here. They are. They you didn't have a that. mic on them. You should have heard this. You, it, was it was eighteen so part great. harmonies. It was unbelievable. It was torture for me to get that out. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> One day you're going to come with a complete song. <laughs>